Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. Today on the Ether, fetch.ai spaces. Flock X app integrates Web3. Is it Flocks? Flockks? Flockks? Flockks. The Flockks app integrates Web3. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Hey, everybody who's uh, joining in or listening to this after the fact of it already being um, recorded for you guys. Thank you for for joining. Thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day to come and listen. Um, And of course, if you guys have any questions that you would like to ask for the uh, Flox team at any point, but you don't want to come up and, you know, have to discuss it like through the mic or anything like that, if you're in an environment that's not beneficial for that and people won't be able to hear you, um, you can always leave a response like to the tweet of the spaces session that we're in right now. And we can get to your question at the end of the, um, the session, if you have any questions that is. Um, but yeah, without further ado, um, oh, actually wait, I did invite, <laughs> I can, You've been added, Devin. Yeah. Um, and then you got there successfully, which is which is perfect. I think this is a first. <laughs> I get better and better each time, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's an art in itself, being able to join the Twitter Spaces session in one swift move. So I've also uh, sent a request um, to the official Flox account, which um, that will be Warren um, from, from the Flox team that we're just waiting for. I don't know if it is giving him trouble, which if it is, um, you know, not a huge surprise, I guess. <laughs> and if, if it is, uh, Warren, if you want to, you know, chat through with uh, John on, on Slack, I mean, we can get started, John, and however you guys want to approach it. Um, oh, looks like you got it. Yep. There we go. Nice one. <laughs> Cheers, <Perfect>. John. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, then we've got everybody here today. Um, so, yeah, we can we can go ahead and get started. So, um, yeah, for anybody who has been seeing uh, what we what we had said yesterday when we announced is that we'll be having today's Twitter space session here with the with the Flocks team um, here from the team. We have Devin uh, as well as Warren. And of course, I want to give you guys the floor to be able to introduce yourselves to the community. I know, Devin, this is like, I think, round number three or four for you at this point. Um, but you know, new community members might, might be, uh, new to the space and, uh, I, I, yeah, go ahead and introduce you guys, uh, and introduce yourselves and let the community know who you are. Sure thing. Um, thanks John. So I am Devin Blibtree, uh, CEO over at Flocks and been with the team, um, you know, for what, about a, a year and a half now going through our, our time within, uh, Fetch AI and, and working on the Fetch AI app. Um, the iterations through that of, of, again, trying to be that web 2.5 bridge of helping um, individuals get into the, the Fetch.ai ecosystem more seamlessly, get 
gig economy workers onboarded, enable them to, to set up their own agents and, and do some of these amazing things that, you know, I know the, the Fetch AI team has been working on um, day and night on under the hood. And we've been trying to uh, get exposure and, and get people in, deliver um, value to them how, however we can to get them onboarded and then help them get advantages and, and the benefits of the, the Web3 ecosystem um, to then, you know, fully integrate them and, and get them more access. So there's a lot of things we'll go through today on those pieces, as well as our, our expansion and, and some of the other elements that we've been working on, on how we're helping these local communities digitize themselves and helping the members of those communities benefit from it. Um, but before we get into that, I'll, I'll hand it over to Warren and let him do some intros and then uh, we'll get into the thick of it. Nice one, Devin. So yeah, we pretty much cleared it off there. So Hi everyone, I'm Warren. Um, cheers, John. It's a delight to be here at the Fetch community. Um, obviously, first time on for me, so it's all good. Awesome stuff there. Um, so my name is Warren Bertram. Um, I'm one of the product captains here at Flox, currently looking after the website and the web app. Um, so that would be flox.io, um, and the web app is obviously included in there as well. Um, and I've sort of been here at Flox since we started last year. Uh, and beforehand, um, I was over on the Fetch side. Um, so like I say, currently working mostly on the web app uh, and building out that part of the ecosystem, um, which is obviously helping users uh, be onboarded and whatnot and um, get the value out of sort of the mobile application where they're finding communities in real time um, and helping with sort of that Web3 adoption there as well. All right, awesome. Yeah, thank you guys for introducing yourselves to the community and as well as kind of giving a little bit of insight, um, you know, about, about what you guys do for at Flux. Um, and yeah, no, I, I think that the one thing that you kind of did mention as well there, um, Devin, which is for those who are unfamiliar or maybe you're newer to the community, um, back in the day, which is like a year and a half ago, I'll say, <laughs> which is not you know, super long ago, uh, but it was the inception of kind of the work that's being done um, is there was originally the Fetch AI app, which some of you older community members might actually remember that that was, you know, originally what it was. Um, and then Flox ended up turning into its kind of own uh, thing where it's now called, you know, like the Flox app. And so, yeah, I guess I, I kind of wanted to talk with you guys a little bit more about that, about the fact mm -hmm. that um, we did recently announce that there was a partnership um, between Fetch AI and Flox. And some older community members had made reference to the fact that they were a little confused by this because they thought, given that it was originally the Fetch AI app um, and now it's Flox, that there was already something going on there. Um, but could you, you know, delve a little bit more, I guess, into kind of the, the history of it as well as how it came to be right now with the current partnership that exists? Yeah, yeah, no, happy to. And I guess to to go back a little bit on sort of that, that relationship out of the gate, right? So when we were originally working on the Fetch AI app, our intent was the, the same of how do we get broaden our tent? How do we get more people into the ecosystem? How do we pitch sort of the values and the, the vision of what you'll be able to accomplish with this underlying tech, but apply it to non-developers, uh, more consumers, those small business owners, those um, gig economy participants, the independent service providers, um, and how do you make the value pitches and still bring in the, the developer pieces of getting the autonomous agents going, um, having the, the wallet integrations, the 
the different elements of getting someone set up in a Web3 and that distracting from getting uh, that larger tent coming in and, and getting the benefits that we really want to provide with the autonomous agents of helping them to have the peer-to-peer connections, um, transact autonomously, get more business in their door, maybe automate some of their supply chain and, and some of these other pieces. So what we identified throughout that process is the, the marketing and the sales pitches and the target audience and sort of the, the way that we're positioning the different product offerings was very confusing to the you know different people we're going out to, um, and so at that point we we made the decision of you know continuing to have Fetch AI focus on the network, focus on the value props that it's been focused on, um, you know the wallet, the autonomous agents, the micro agents, um, and bring out those pieces on the sort of enterprise and and developer side, and that on the Fetch AI app side that it really needed to be consumer oriented. We needed to hone in on the value props that would allow us to penetrate a niche, um, execute within that niche, grow that, um, and then be able to onboard users into the ecosystem and be an early adopter to all of the things that the Fetch AI network team is working on so that we can start to bring that into our users with uh, limited overhead to them without limited uh, technical capabilities, technical know-how, and then continue them on that journey to coach them up on the values of the network and the the different things they can do. Um, So we, you know, did that, that rebrand, like you mentioned, and um, started to attack these niches. We talked about our our targeting Austin um, and Grand Rapids, the focus on uh, the size of those communities, the um, existing culture and creatives and artisans within those areas and it being a good spot for us to um, get into that would bring quality people into the Fetch AI network as well that would be able to utilize a lot of the features, whether it be the, the NFT elements, the notification elements, or the agent elements. Um, seeing those as, as great targets, as well as from just the adoption of early technology, those being two cities and having very defined community elements to them. Um, Austin with the live music, uh, Grand Rapids with the beer elements, and them being you know cornerstones that we could start trying out. How do we get expansion within these areas? And so as we onboard a lot of those users, uh, we've seen a lot of traction. We've seen the um retention rate go up where last time we talked with everyone we were seeing uh, a sub one percent retention of users we're now averaging you know anywhere between 10 and 25 percent of retention given the week on users coming in um getting to that aha moment of oh i can find out what's going on downtown um what local artists are doing what local service providers are doing what um leaders within my community are doing um out and about and with that, of onboarding all of those users, they hadn't been exposed to the Fetch AI network. Um, we had purposefully kept sort of the, the crypto elements, the Web3 elements, and the blockchain elements out of the marketing to really deliver on the value props as opposed to the technology being utilized to facilitate it. And we saw it as a critical element to re-announce the partnership um, to that new audience. And so the the blog posts and the pieces that went out around the partnership and those elements were really oriented towards that new audience that we're bringing into the, the network and giving them that first step, which was 
how can I go set up a Fetch AI wallet? How can I go and connect that wallet into the Flox ecosystem? And some of the you know future leaning pieces that we look to enable with that wallet integration, um, such as the ability to log in with that wallet um, at some point in the future, the utilizing an N- NFTs, the ability to go and create them um, as an artist and, and utilize those. And then as we have these new features coming out within the wallet um, that I'm sure everyone here on the Twitter spaces is aware of around um, being able to chat with your agent, being able to set one up, um, being able to use Notify for communications and uh, information that you care about. Um, again, wanting to be an early adopter to those. So we wanted to get these, uh, this messaging in front of this new audience um, and re- re-announce it. So yes, the partnership has continued. It, it isn't anything really new there, but there are new audience members we wanted to make sure we brought up to speed. Um, and that was the intent of, of that post or the series of posts. Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense because um, and I, I think the one aspect of it that you touched on as well um, of being that you kind of had to make that decision when it came to how you were going to actually present flocks uh, to a community because I, I think that the one thing that people kind of tend to get a little bit hung up on um, is some people in in crypto want like everybody to know if something is like decentralized infrastructure and crypto focused. And then there's the other side of it where there's people who want nothing to do with crypto. So if you put everything out there of saying we're a blockchain focused, blah, 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 people are going to be like, oh, I don't want to use that. Yeah. So and we've seen it, that it, in it the happens. stats. I mean, it's you're, you're spot on, yeah. John, as far as. Um, and that's yeah. the thing is the way that I, I see it is. And I think that, like I say, some people get hung up over it because I see it from this perspective. When when people want to go and use something like, you know, Google Drive, I don't go onto Google Drive and the first thing I'm shown is, we're a data center infrastructure right. provider with cloud APIs and security level and service level <laughs> right. agreements. No one, no one cares. So that's the thing is that like if you're trying to serve to an audience that is focused on community, that is focused on, you know, um, you know, live music events and places to go and eat and places to, you know, have some drinks and, or, or just an event that's happening locally. The last thing that you care about is the infrastructure that's holding up an application that's helping you do the things you want to do. So I think that that's a, a really important thing for a lot of people to to keep in mind as well when it came to you know making that decision to have flocks be its own kind of like thing it's still using um you know aspects from fetch ai and it's still using like blockchain um in in multiple ways and you guys are going to be as you said like slowly implementing things even through the use of like you know nfts as almost like a a badge like type of thing Mm -hmm. that can be given out which is a really good way of using something like an NFT instead of it just being like, oh, guys, look at this. I bought a monkey picture that I'm going to use as my profile. Mm. You know, I think of the way that you guys have described things like, you know, giving out um, the things almost as badges. It's like a similar thing to on like Twitch, for example. Mm -hmm. They have their own system where if you watch a milestone stream from a streamer, they are able to go in and give the people who were live during that event like a badge on their account that shows up in the chat when they're typing in the future that shows essentially like which milestone streams they watched. Yeah. And so 
it's a similar like concept that you guys are trying to implement. And it would be especially interesting to see if the implementation of it could be so seamless that people don't even know of the like the concept behind it that it, they're getting sent or owning like an NFT. And that, that's the point is, that we, we try and focus on is how do you describe the value of the tech as opposed to the tech? And so yeah. the ownership of it, right? So that that is critical to users and they may not know how that functions or, or how they own it, but the maintaining those Web3 principles and starting to adopt those of, you know, when you're entering in some of this info or you're uploading a local, to your point on the NFTs, if I'm a local artist, and I upload something, I want to award it to anyone that comes out to my um, gallery or goes out and sees my art on the side of a building or does any of these things. We want that artist to still own that content um, and be able to manage how it get what things other community members need to do to get access to it. We don't have all of that built out, but those are the things that we want to facilitate and make sure that the value is communicated to the user. And to your point, they don't need to know that it's, you know, servers running or a decentralized, but they do care that I retain rights to my art, to my um, items, and that I have control over these things. And if I choose to leave, I can leave and I can take those things away. Similarly, I want to have ownership of my data. So how, for someone that has a wallet that logs in with it, and and how can we better support um, different elements or, uh, giving you access to the data that you are interacting with within the, the application so that when you go to another application within the Fetch AI ecosystem, that if you want to expose what you've been doing within Flocks and maybe there's community reputation or other things that you've earned within the, the application, that you can bring that along to those other um, dApps and facilitate sharing on your own um, uh, perspective so that it isn't just you know, we're taking that behind the scenes and doing stuff with, but making sure that we are really being that 2.5 bridge and, um, you know, working towards wherever we can have those decentralized pieces that make sense. But to your point, to the end user pitching the value and the, the rationale behind it, as opposed to leading with, you know, we just adopted these new servers that are really cool as opposed to running on a laptop um, type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, it was like, I remember, especially when, you know, the option for even cloud storage did become a thing. The biggest thing that everybody was like saying was, what does that mean? And why do I care? Why is everybody calling this cloud, whatever? Like, that's why you see Google Drive. A drive is a physical disk, which is not what you're getting. Yeah. But like, you don't care because you just need to have people understand at a base level as you said in this case when it comes to the idea of not everybody who owns like the experience should be so smooth that people don't even know that they are using like decentralized software that they're using still benefiting from it in whatever ways we can Um, exactly you you don't need to have it be a forefront of everything so it makes sense as to why flocks ended up going that route and it does also make sense why you guys did decide to kind of like reignite acknowledgement of the partnership with Fetch AI of saying, you know, this is a thing that like does exist and we are still here. We are still working with these people because those who are interested in that, 
will find, you know, value in that and be interested in it. And then those who it doesn't like really impact will just be like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it makes sense that you guys went with that, but I figured it would be nice to to bring that up because there were people in the community who were, um, you know, uh, not hundred percent sure what had happened there. Yeah. Or if there was a point where like the partnership had like broken off or something. And then now it's only like started up again, but yeah, that, that is the clarification there is that, um, it wasn't that anything got like broken off. It was just merely that like you guys were you rebranded, like shifted focus to make sure everything was aimed towards an audience who benefits from using like the software behind like crypto mm-hmm. or, or the infrastructure behind crypto, but doesn't necessarily need to know that they're using it. And then you reignited the discussion of the partnership existing. So mm-hmm. that that is the the through and through of it from that perspective. And the other thing that I wanted to, to ask, which was, once again, something that um, I know many people in the community have been interested in for a little bit of time now, um, was in the last Spaces session that we had, you had discussed the idea that there were new cities being considered to be able to use for flocks. Because once again, for those unfamiliar with like flocks, um, the, the app essentially allows you to find communities that you can actually like, you know, get involved with and find people who have similar interests to you. And essentially you can, you know, go to similar events with each other, or you can, you know, find places that are holding, you know, events or, or, you know, businesses and whatnot that you maybe wouldn't have considered before, but you can, you know, see more information about these local events. Um, and so because of that, it's very city centric, like it, it's involvement is entirely based on, you know, there being, um, activity in that region that like Flox is able to operate, uh, you know, essentially allowing users to be able to build out from that area. So with that, uh, in the last Spaces session, you guys had mentioned that there were new cities because you have at this time, um, you've got Austin and then Grand Rapids. So I was hoping uh, you could give us a little bit of insight as to if there's like a timeline involved or if there were some new cities that we could expect coming out soon. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, happy to. And uh, thanks for the recap, um, John, as always, spot on. Um, and similar to, to what you just meant, just to give everyone who's new to Flocks as well a little bit more context. Um, so like John said, you know, events going on in your city, but also what is your community doing right now downtown? So if you are part of, let's say, an alumni of uh, a university, like the University of Texas Longhorns, um, right now, if you go online, and you search for where is a, a watch party for the basketball game or the football game or any of these games going on, it's not something that existing search technology is great at facilitating. You really need to have a real time view of what's going on downtown by those community members, crowdsourcing that information to help you get out and engage with them or go and have a better time. Um, while you're having your your night out and that might be you know that uh, football or the university example that I gave you or it might be I'm looking for a family family friendly uh, place that where our family's currently hanging out or I'm going out on a date tonight and I'm looking for a place that has live music going on right now Um, how do I go find that not that it's something that I have to go get tickets for but you run into trouble where Restaurants oftentimes aren't updating their their websites consistently. Um, data gets outdated and stale very quickly. 
Um, sometimes the local restaurants or local businesses still use community boards within the actual establishment as opposed to digitizing it. Um, new updates and specials come out. They don't always update those pieces. So any of this like real-time information about um, your local community and also sort of distributing that down into flocks of what other communities are going on within that wider community, that's what we're helping people to do. So when John talks about you know scaling out to other cities, we've been uh, really trying to get that right in Grand Rapids and Austin. We have, I have to look at the exact number, but around 14 to 16 hour coverage right now um, within an Austin and Grand Rapids across a variety of communities, um, live music, uh, taco lovers, beer snobs, uh, dog owners. There's, there's uh, you know, many, many communities that have individuals um, going in and, and crowdsourcing that information within the cities, as well as internal team members identifying things to to put uh on the docket and we've started onboarding um ambassadors and other community leaders like bands or other artists that are also seeding data into that so when they're going out and playing um their gig or, or their event um identifying that within the app to help individuals know what's going on right now should i avoid an area should i focus in on a different area and how do I plug into that city immediately? So on that question around where are we expanding to next, uh, last session, I had talked through some of our uh, thought processes and our framework for what we're looking to scale and how we had um, chosen uh, a smaller size city, Grand Rapids, a mid-sized city of Austin, you know, that smaller city, when I say small, I'm talking about 500,000 to a million, 1.2 million um, type size. When I'm talking about the larger, you know, 1 million to 3 million. And then you get into the, the mega cities, which are a whole nother um, gamut of, you know, basically micro cities within a larger city, but you're in excess of three to, you know, 10 plus million uh, people within, within that city. And originally, the way we were looking at it is, okay, let's go build out the template of Grand Rapids and Austin, and then be able to go replicate that into other cities similar to those cities. Um, we still see that as valid, but then as we were going through the, the process and our marketing and some of these other pieces, we identified there's a long-form tail on the cities that are getting exposure to the app and starting to see data are actually densely correlated to the existing cities that we're already marketing and engaging with. So we have some crossover and seeding of information that's going into these other cities that are just slightly outside of the, the main cities that we're seeding. And so taking those two frameworks, sort of honing those together, we've come up with our, our next targeted of 10 cities. They surround the areas around our um, initial core cities. And so all of these cities are within Michigan and, and Texas. Uh, they will help us continue on that framework of proving out the small, medium, and large or mega type cities, identifying issues or opportunities that we have in each of those different um, capacities. And also allows us to um, build on the density of communities that we've already gotten within these given areas to expand out into other cities that people within those cities frequent to 
or our travel destinations of. And so when we put all of that together, we're looking at, um, I think it's about five other cities in Texas, uh, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, and Fort Worth, and then uh, a handful of other cities within the Michigan area. Um, right now, Detroit, Ann Arbor, and Traverse City. Um, I think we're still looking at if there's another one in uh, Michigan or if we expand out the Fetch AI community as well as um, a, a close hub to Grand Rapids is Chicago. So that, that might be on the docket or, or a fast follow after these. But looking at those um, nine or 10 cities as being the next places that we'll be targeting, that we're looking for ambassadors in, um, and we're looking for leaders within those communities within. And so I know looking at the, the Fetch AI community, there's a, a large body of y'all within the U.S., um, so if any of you are in um, any of those cities or live just outside of them and you're interested in getting involved, um, you can jump on to flocks.io, hit us up through Intercom, um, let us know about your interest. There's a, an ambassador sign-up form um, that you can submit, or you can just sign up for the app, uh, see what we're doing in Grand Rapids and Austin, see if it, it aligns with uh, things that you're interested with, sign up. and. And we'll have different ways to get engaged going forward um, from that perspective. And then just to, to reiterate on something else that I brought up last session um, is around the web app. And so having Warren on the um, call today around what we're doing within the web app and, and the focus on serving more than just the U.S., um, having the opportunity that other um, individuals can sign in, follow along with the journey. Um, and start to get exposure into the ecosystem that we can help identify what are those next cities outside of the U.S. or even still within the U.S. Um, that we want to go to next and engaging with the FetchAI community, like I said, on early adoption of a lot of these features that you're hearing coming out from the network team. Um, how can we bring those into the, the app and needing other users coming in using those features with the wallet and this this team being the you know best at that that you're all heavily engaged with Fetch AI already most likely have a wallet and we really uh, appreciate the feedback that you all have been bringing as well. So uh, John, hopefully that gives a little bit of context on you know a little bit of an update on the framework that we're using as well as those next cities um, and you know future opportunities for for uh, Fetch AI community members to get engaged on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That that definitely helps um, provide a lot of context, and it's pretty exciting. I'm uh, wishing you guys the best on that for where you end up deciding to, uh, or not even where you end up deciding because you've already decided. But uh, <laughs> that once you guys have landed in those cities and things are uh, more official, I'm I'm excited to see how that ends up, you know, coming out for you guys. And the other thing that I wanted to uh, bring up now, I guess, we've kind of sprinkled it in a little bit uh, throughout the discussion, but I was hoping we could get a little bit of an insight as to, I, or I guess all at once kind of, instead of it being sprinkled in, um, in regards to like the Web3 integrations that you guys have added, like right now to date, which obviously on the web app, um, you're able to, you know, connect your Flocks account with, uh, to like a Fetch AI wallet. Um, and I know you guys have talked about before about wanting to have uh, NFTs play a role um, within the Flocks ecosystem. So I was hoping that you guys could give a little bit of um, insight from that regard as to 
right now, I guess, what the utility of the Web3 integrations is, as well as what you were hoping to see it expand into. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm happy to. And so the immediate first one that we've been focused on is integration with NFTs. Um, and that has taken the form initially of just being able to manually um, you know, award NFTs to people that join, join the ecosystem. Um, so we did some events around March Madness in the U.S., as well as uh, South by Southwest on um, getting community members NFTs and, and facilitating that to start proving out what we could and could not do at this time with those pieces. So as we started integrating that, we had identified some additional needs on that. So we're working with the uh, Fetch AI team, as well as some of the other community members, um, Azayo Labs, and uh, some, some others that have already implemented NFT capabilities around having a marketplace, being able to view your NFTs in the wallet, um, and sort of the, the wider pieces around NFTs. So we continue to work with the um, community and, and Fetch AI uh, team on bringing those pieces in. Um, we have the initial elements of that, but uh, Warren, maybe you can dive into some details on, um, you know, just sort of next steps on what we're waiting on and, um, mm -hmm. you know, where, where we're at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, like you just said, Devin, we're basically just sort of currently on the web app, sort of you're able to sort of integrate that fetch wallet there. But essentially what we've been trying to do is essentially prove out what we need uh, futuristically. So obviously these things take time anyway, but basically get to a point where we understand what we need to facilitate on our end and um, other individuals from that point of view as well. Um, and sort of what we've been talking around specifically around the Zoya Labs. Um, so we've sort of had communications going with them for the last couple of weeks now, best part of a month, um, and then basically getting to a point where we kind of need to obviously display NFTs and everything within the wallet, um, and then sort of being able to trade these things over as well, um, essentially sort of being able to individuals receive rewards or collectibles such as the NFTs, um, and then all of these other individuals, such as musicians or community leaders, being able to provide those to their fans, or maybe it's sort of tickets, or maybe uh, tickets for upcoming events, for instance. Um, and let's say we've been sort of talking around this with Azoya Labs, and they've sort of been, at the moment, they're putting together a marketplace that sort of, like Devin said, showcasing the NFTs and able to be able to sort of trade these backwards and forwards with all of these different individuals. But essentially getting to that point and just trying to understand the process of getting to that point where we can sort of facilitate all of those from our end and to the users that we're trying to serve as well. Yeah, um, awesome, uh, Warren. And I, I would just add into that of, in addition to the, the NFTs and that, that wallet integration, um, the other things that, again, trying to be early adopters on, some of the leading development elements that the Fetch AI network team has been so focused on, on these differentiators. Um, so how do we get agent integration, whether that's um, communication with it or templates to go and stand up for some of these small businesses, gig economy participants and others that want to utilize those to offer up services. Um, so again, trying to figure out how do we start bringing those pieces to the wallet integration, which 
Um, two Warrens, no, all of this has taken time. We're, we're working with the team, giving them feedback that we're hearing from uh, these small businesses, how much uh, time and effort they're willing to put in, what their needs are, um, and not only the, the small businesses from a brick and mortar, but also those bands, the artists, the um, individuals that are event planners and coordinators, uh, trying to understand what are their biggest pain points right now that we can um, deliver solutions to utilizing the Fetch AI technology through these wallets that we can help starting to, to get them connected with. So NFTs being that first piece, um, bringing in notifications and um, learning how best to engage with the community through Notify and, and some of these other communications, um, testing those pieces out, and then that all sort of building towards how do we start automating some of these tasks uh, with micro agents or facilitating unique business cases or unique capabilities with those NFTs or with these other assets that the, the individual has um, through activity or integrations that are going on by individuals that are within the Flox ecosystem out and about going downtown, interacting with real world things and having real world thumbprints into that um, Web3 space. So facilitating those. So again, you, you can envision, you know, a lot of these different pieces. We're really excited to be bringing them in. It's just right now, what, the role that we're really playing is that that feedback conduit to help the teams orient where to take the, the development um, in addition to all the feedback the community and the developers are already providing. And then we're also trying to be some of the developers, um, not only contributing back, but trying to utilize the things being built out and giving feedback on ease of use, um, difficulty, where we need additional features um, to fill the use cases that our um, individuals using the app are, are looking for. Well, that's awesome to hear, honestly. And um, I, I am excited to see as more of the you know Web3 integrations do end up coming in, um, because obviously I know that the, the Fetch community will find some enjoyment in that and especially with as you had said um, a, a later edition on hopefully uh seeing something along the lines of you know micro agent integration and we we uh outside of uh this twitter spaces session um even leading up to this we did discuss this a little bit um already uh devon which was that now especially with micro agents and that framework existing um the concept behind actually integrating those into something like flocks and having or even having businesses be able to you know use this type of technology is a lot more accessible than it was prior to micro agents existing um and you know having integrations through agents which was the aea framework that existed at the time it was such a heavy load framework um that just was not suited uh for the the type of stuff that you guys are looking for for these smaller like automation points and so i'm excited because obviously the micro agents haven't been out for for too too long now and features are continuing to get added um so uh, yeah I, I think it'll be really cool to see that um as things go on and as for the nft side of things uh it's really cool to hear you guys are working with azoya because obviously i know they recently um, had their governance proposal pass on the network. Uh, congratulations to them. Wow. I see that well both um, PBR as well as Azoya are listening in. Congratulations to them because of um, the proposal passed 
for for funding from the community pool to be able to build out their AI focused NFT marketplace. Um, so it's cool to hear you guys We're are working. We're super excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome it'll stuff. Be, it'll be very very cool. So I'm I'm happy to hear you guys are working with them because I know those guys are also very uh, very good at what they do. And so yeah, that'll be that'll be really cool to see. Um, and, and just to build on that real quick, John, as far as uh, some of that feedback that we've gotten from, you know, the small bit or the, you know, independent service providers or anyone sort of working for themselves and, and trying to, you know, make it on that. Some of the, the most reoccurring feedback we get is, you know, my time, I don't have time to go do anything extra than what I'm already doing. When you're talking to a restaurant owner um, a manager, anyone within the um, decision-making apparatus within those, I, I barely have time to update our menu. I barely have time to go and you know check reviews or update uh, my website and, and do some of these other pieces um, unless I am a regional or large national chain um, that has people allocated to it. So with making microagents simpler and what we're trying to do is even simplify it you know into a button click to, to get these things set up for you it really lowers that barrier of entry to help these local um establishments and and workers compete with those larger um you know national international chains um and benefit from them where they can tie more easily into the integrations and and get benefits so again our mission is to, to really make it as you digitize and scale your local community, all the community members benefit, and it doesn't just benefit uh, a small portion of that community. We really want to utilize this, this technology to you know, bring that barrier uh, down to nothing and help individuals um, benefit any way they can from it. So really appreciate you diving in on, on those pieces. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, th I think it's all, uh, you know, a, a big, important part to the discussion, especially as, you know, mentioning earlier about when it comes to the, the Web3 space. A lot of the stuff can be confusing and a lot of the stuff can kind of come off as, um, you know, some people might think like, oh, like, you know, the, the AEA framework exists or microagents exist. So, you know, just integrate them. Yeah, um, and it, yeah. it's not that easy. And it's clear because like, that's the thing is that there are community members who are obviously or, or people who are not even in the community. They could be outsiders, like just looking in, um, trying to get a general idea as to what's going on. Um, and yeah, it takes a lot of like development time, even though like these are frameworks and these are tools that exist that you can be able to do stuff with. Um, it takes the right person with the right skills to be able to take those things and then be able to like integrate them. And it's not like an overnight process where you guys can just, you know, plug in a bunch of stuff and then all of a sudden things start working. So I wish it was. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that develops. And as I had said, uh, now with microagents being a thing, at least it should lighten the load of the, the, the capacity of work that would need to be done in order for you guys to find new ways to, you know, have processes automated through, you know, the use of agents. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be really cool. And the other thing that I wanted to actually ask um, before we get into, if there's any questions from the community, which once again, if you do have a question um, and you don't think you would be able to join in to like voice chat and actually ask it within the actual spaces session, if you click on the, 
bottom right piece, um, if you're on your mobile device or if you even just click on, you know, the, the actual spaces session itself, you should be able to type in. Um, and if you have any questions, you can ask in there too. But before we, you know, get into any questions, if there are any, um, I did want to ask too, with, with further adoption, I guess, of flocks, you guys um, mentioned it a little bit earlier, very briefly, uh, which was that because obviously you're, you're expanding into new cities, which once again, will contribute to, you know, further ability for people to adopt, um, you know, the flocks app, but you also had mentioned a little bit about the ambassador uh, stuff that you guys are kind of building out. Did you want to take a, 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 you know, a little bit to be able to expand on what that will entail? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so with the, the expansion, like we mentioned, um, one of the, the most quintessential pieces to, to get new users to the aha moment is having authentic, um, real world uh, activity that's going on within the community right now. Um, that is a unique proposition that we've seen convert, you know, a, a large portion of users coming across. We, we saw a 10x improvement. Um, when we introduce those pieces above just having the community um, listed or, or trying to get the engagement just on the, the community element. So with identifying um, that uh, demand for, for that capability and people's interest in understanding what's going on real time, um, you know, whether it's downtown or, or local to me, we identify we really need local ambassadors. We need local leaders. Um, local artists, local uh, cultural cornerstones to these communities that are identifying um, informationally about activities going on. And then also when they're going out and experiencing these activities and participating in them, ways to uh, interact with their community at, at those points, as well as to share um, emotive or emotional uh, posts. So sort of identifying that, you know, you need people on the ground. Um, you need people that are very well-versed in what goes on in this community that are, are local experts, local guides um, to that community, but not just, you know, here is the best restaurant, but what is actually going on at that restaurant tonight? And why should I choose that over another one-off event that is only going to happen once in the next three months or once in the next 12 months. And since it's going on right now, I should actually go prioritize that over the top 10 things to do in Austin. So we started to, to build out um, a partnership program that has evolved into the ambassador program that tries to encompass uh, engaging with these highly interact or highly engaged members of communities, um, getting them onboarded, giving them the tools both from the, the web app as well as the mobile app to engage with their community, to identify uh, activity that's going on right now, activity that'll be coming up in the near future, as well as reoccurring activity that happens day in and day out at these locations, but isn't readily accessible via existing search methodologies. So with that, the ambassador program really targets uh, that sort of um, cross of different community leaders. And so we have onboarded our first ambassador within Austin um, actually last week. We also just had our, our first um, band uh, that uh, actually a DJ that, that came into the program. 
um, had an event this last weekend in Grand Rapids uh, that we were marketing at and, and involved with um, that went went very well. And so we're trying to grow that program, not only in those two cities, but then also those other cities that I mentioned and looking for people that are um, you know, very engaged with their community, uh, love their community, want other people to know what's going on in their community or themselves really want to have another outlet to go and find what other people know is going on within their uh, local area or when they're going to new places, being able to have that access. Anyone that's finding that is as critical and, and important to them, um, please, you know, come sign up. We're, we're interested to uh, hear from you, get you involved. As you level up within that ambassador program, there are going to be monetary rewards and other rewards that we're looking at um, facilitating. Some of that will eventually come in the um, form, uh, or we want it to come in the form of Web3 and, and some of the transactions there. Some of it in the initial forms may come in fiat and other pieces that I know we've talked about is around um, other rewards such as uh, merch or, or some of the other pieces. But at the end of the day, um, rewarding these ambassadors, rewarding these participants that are helping their local community find out what's going on downtown now based on the engagement they're getting from their other community members. Um, and that starts that, that pinwheel that once we have that activity, we see more people come in. They engage with it. They go out. They report their own activity. That helps the rest of the, the community get more of that network effect. And then we're able to continue that growth. Um, so can be a part of that. Can, can start um, you know, being one of the, the big voices on input. The team is also really looking for feedback on what's helpful to you when you're trying to figure these things out, what's helpful for you to report it. Um, what do what different types of info is important for, to you about the activities going on, what the merit of the individual that's reporting it is. Um, and so really looking for these individuals that are joining the program also to have a hand and a say in what actually gets added in from feature sets and, and help guide the product um, on, on how it could be most effective to them. All right. Well, awesome. Yeah. Thank you for you know, the, the kind of deep dive on, on what to expect, I guess, out of what the uh, ambassador program you guys have going on is kind of expanding into. And thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, no worries. And um, yeah, I mean, now, I guess, if there are any questions from anybody in the community uh, that, you, that you have, like I said, you can type questions directly into the, you know, uh, Twitter spaces thing that we've got here on the side, the little tab that shows up. Um, or if you want to come up and ask a question directly to the Flux team, um, then you could absolutely do that. Uh, I actually do see one question we just got uh, from somebody. It's oddly enough, it's not appearing on the thing on my phone, but I can see it on um, my computer anyway. Uh, but I assume I know what the answer to this is going to end up being, but I will still let you guys uh, go over it anyway. Um, but basically it seems like the question is asking, uh, is there any plan to expand into the Asian Pacific market, uh, and also any roadmap to support local languages? Now I'm assuming this is a question directly for the Flux app, like team and not just fetch AI, but I could be wrong here. So I can answer on the, the Flux side. 
Um, and then if we want to dig in on the Fetch AI, I'll, I'll leave that to you, John, on any uh, details yeah. there. But on uh, the flock side, so um, yes, with some constraints in the, the initial pieces. So we have um, looked at India as sort of an initial starting point um, in the Asia Pacific area. Um, we have team members over in India that uh, you know have wanted to have access to the app and um, be able to see some of the activities. So we have started identifying some activities going in um, to some of the the core cities within India. That has been a limited um, sort of um, jump start on that. We we want to get more involvement, uh, but what we're looking for in that area is to try and get more crowdsource, more information. Um, before we take our focus and put it onto the, the Asia Pacific market. And that is predominantly driven by our learnings over the last year on the marketing efforts and the focus to get the density of activity that we need to start that pinwheel and have a sustainable set of communities uh, takes a lot of overhead and, and focal point. Um, so that's why we're also looking to expand out from the uh, nucleus of Austin and Grand Rapids and sort of build out from those in the U.S. market to begin with until we get a little bit more traction and prove out a couple more uh, capabilities around um, you know, certain elements of the app before we go and put full-throated effort into the Asia-Pacific. I would say that, yes. It's on our, our radar. I can't give you a time frame when we'll, you know, fully jump in there. But it is um, part of the intent of the Flox ecosystem to go global. Um, and we'll keep you guys posted on what that'll be looking like. I would expect it to not be, you know, in the immediate roadmap for us, but that we do look to enable community members, to enable people that are interested in bootstrapping that and kickstarting it, get engaged with us. If there are tools that would be helpful, if there's feedback that you have, we'd be happy to incorporate that into um, our thought process on what's coming in. Um, but that that's sort of where we, we've started on the, the market. And then great question on supporting local languages um, and na uh, natural language processing pieces. Um, the NLP and sort of the, the integrations with the... Um, sort of chat uh, elements is definitely on our roadmap. Uh, we are working with the, the Fetch AI team as well as internally on elements around um, those pieces that we're really, um, you know, pushing ourselves to, to try and get out. But again, with the developments where they're at, we're um, trying to give the feedback, get it integrated, make sure that it fits a, a user journey, that it gets incorporated in a way that's beneficial to users and not just us sort of bolting it on. Um, so it is something that we're actively focused on, but I don't have a, a time frame on. And then on the local language piece, um, definitely something we, we want to look at. Again, with our, our bandwidth, we're probably most likely going to be looking at how do we get um, community-driven uh, la local language support in the, the near term. But as far as autonomously correcting language or orienting it to other regions, since we are doing all of the marketing efforts within the U.S. right now, we're keeping it uh, scope to English for the time being, but we do want to diversify that. We do know the importance of 
making um, you know the various languages supported, and we'll be looking at ways that we can better support that going forward to again lower that barrier of entry for people um, outside of the U.S. to get benefit from it as well. Um, and if there are languages that that individuals would like to be seeing, please leave that as feedback as well. You can go onto the site, um, open up Intercom down in the bottom right. It's our customer support uh, chat. And let us know what languages would be most advantageous to you and maybe how you would like to, to get involved and, uh, you know, something we can continue the conversation on outside of the Twitter spaces. But great, great questions. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thank you for uh, providing a, a really in-depth answer to that. Hopefully that fully answers um, the, the question. And um, yeah, if there are anybody uh, or is anybody, sorry, that has any questions, um, you know, that you would like to just come up and ask, uh, then don't be afraid to do so. Uh, but if we don't have any other further questions outside of that, um, then of course, thank you guys for coming on and, and listening to today's Twitter Spaces session, whether this was um, you listening live. Uh, of course, thank you to everybody listening live, but also thank you to everybody who's listening uh, as a playback. And of course, once again, thank you, Warren and Devin, uh, for coming on to the Twitter Spaces session and, and discussing all of this stuff with the community, because uh, I, I know that, uh, yeah, a lot of this stuff was was good to kind of get out in the open and have people get a good solid solid understanding of of what it is that you guys have been doing, um, you know, essentially over the last little bit. So yeah, thank you guys for for coming on and talking to the community. Yeah, no, yeah. Thanks for having us, John. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, John. Thank you. All right. Well, I I assume that that does cover everything. So yeah, thank you guys for for coming on. Like I said, uh, thank you to the community for listening in. Um, and yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll see you guys in the next Twitter Spaces session that we have, and hopefully we can also have the Flocks team uh, come on uh, again within the next quarter to to provide some more updates um, on I guess the stuff we're talking about today. So yeah, yeah. no, for sure, <laughs> we're looking forward to it. And a big shout out to the the community um, for the support and the feedback, and uh, you know chiming in on questions here so really appreciate it and we're looking forward to the the next spaces all right awesome yeah thank you so much and uh yeah have a great rest of everybody's day likewise thanks y'all nice one Cheers. thanks everyone thanks bye. bye thanks for checking out another episode of the ether that was fetch.ai spaces flux app integrates web3 recorded on tuesday may 2nd 2023 for terraspaces.org thanks for listening if you want to keep listening head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay broadway all day looking like the wrong way resuscitating major players in the waiting room sifting through the paperwork while i'll be debating fools breaking rules breaking bad like we always wait for doom slayed a few in my early years off beneath the shroom sitting in the dark waiting for the daily news to let us know what we should believe as the latest truth stay aloof writing rhymes in the studio trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role sorting through support from your endorsements of course we're tripping balls hand it reports it the latest proof ain't a way to move change the view just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop picking at the dinner finger licking like the plate is gizzle kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do two plus two show me what that thing could do two plus two show me what that thing could do two plus two
two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch No shit, spitting facts with my vision smash Big drip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move Change the view Just a bunch of peckerheads Living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger Licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute Then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Ten spaces.